Coming up, college football is back, and me and Zwick are here to cover it all. All right, I'm here with Zwick, dude, and I am so fucking excited. The college football season is upon us. Starting tomorrow, Saturday, August 26th, we have a couple of games going on. It's going to continue on through the week, and then our two teams, Cincinnati and University of Tennessee, respectively, will be playing next Saturday. For now, we are going to do a brief overview of the betting slate for the college football games coming up on Saturday and Thursday. We are going to do another episode later in the week to cover next Saturday's betting slate, so those games will not be on this episode. And then finally, uh, to wrap it up, Zwick and I are going to give our predictions for uh, Cincinnati season as well as Tennessee's season for this year. So I'm very excited to talk to you. This is your first college football season with us. Um, Last year, Butsy and I handled college football, and it was a ton of fun. Butsy is out doing God knows what right now, so it's just you and me for now. But Butsy will be with us in the future um, as we try and find him a college football team to root for. So first off, Swick, I know you're as excited as I am for college football to start. Um, We're going to talk about number 13, Notre Dame, visiting Navy in Dublin, Ireland. I guess Navy's technically visiting the Fighting Irish in Dublin, Ireland. Um, tomorrow, Notre Dame opens the game as a minus 20 and a half favorites. Uh, how do you feel about this game going into it? And do you have any plays for this game? I mean, yeah, I think if I were to have a play, it would be Notre Dame minus 21. I think I'm seeing minus 21 or 20 and a half, whatever it is. Um, I don't really love <laughs> Navy's offense that they run, and it's definitely not sustainable. You know, they kind of run the the wing T with minimal passing. And I just don't think that can keep up with the top, you know, 15 team in the country. So I definitely like the Irish in this one and Navy, I guess Navy has a chance to, you know, keep it somewhat close, but I don't really see it happening, honestly. Yeah. So we're aligned here. I'm taking Notre Dame at minus 20 half or minus 21, depending on what you can get at 21, obviously a little bit scarier because that's the three touchdowns, but that would push. So you'd be all right. Um, 20 and a half is the more desirable number here when you're betting. Uh, I'm with you. I'm there. Notre Dame, uh, they have a great offensive line coming into this season a lot better. I mean, they've always had a good offensive line, but this year their, their offensive line is looking really solid. Um, last season, I loved fading the service academies. Um, that's not (laughs) nothing to do with the service itself. Um, but the academies, I think, uh, when you're in that situation, they, tend to not play the most winning football and yeah i just loved fading them i loved hitting their unders as well um they're more of rough nose old school style football um a lot less you know aerial football they're gonna more run it down your throats and do the old school uh hard nose stuff and because of that i love notre dame here i also love um Sam Hartman, the Wake Forest graduate transfer, he's going over to Notre Dame taking over their starting quarterback position there um I think obviously he was really good last year. I'm excited to see what he's like in Notre Dame. There might be a little bit of rust in the first half, but I do expect them to get it together in the second half. And I think that they can get, they can uh, hit the spread here. Um, yeah. I just like Notre Dame more. Obviously it's really hard to bet the first games of the season, but once uh, the games go out, we'll know more, but yeah, I think we're aligned here. Minus 21 and 21, 20 and a half, whatever your book has it at for Notre Dame. Now let's go to Southern California and talk about number six USC uh, is going to be playing San Jose State at USC. Uh, San Jose State opens at plus 31. Um, USC opens at minus 31. 
Caleb Williams is the main story in this one. Um, I'm just going to let you go on this one. How do you feel about this game and Caleb Williams in general? Yeah, I think Caleb Williams could throw for like 400 yards tomorrow. I mean, he's easily the best player in the country. Obviously, the best quarterback. I'd say the best player, too. Um, pretty much guaranteed number one pick next year, unless something crazy happens in the NFL draft or a team lands the first pick that doesn't need a quarterback. But we're going to see. But, yeah, I think USC has got this. And I see they're minus 31, in the, minus 31 right now. And I definitely like that. I mean, they're, they're home – they're in the Coliseum, and I don't really see them not covering the spread because Caleb Williams is that fucking good, and he's that guy, and this USC team is going to be really good team this year and could easily make the playoffs. So this is our first uh, disagreement here. I'm going to take San Jose State plus 31, and it's nothing to do with Caleb Williams. Actually, it's everything to do with Caleb Williams. I think he's going to be awesome, but I think he's going to come out to a quick lead and then get pulled. Um, yeah. If you're Lane Kiffin, you're going to want to, um, you know, avoid anyone, not Lane Kiffin, that, uh, who's the, co- wait, yeah, Lane Kiffin's the coach, right, for USC, I forget the name off the top okay. of my head, um, but anyways, if you're UFC football, you do not want to get, um, sorry, Lincoln Riley, Lane Kiffin is the coach for fucking Ole Miss, um, yeah, if you're, if you're Lincoln Riley, you do not want Caleb Williams to get hurt in your first game, especially against a program like San Jose State. I picture them coming out sort of like the Steelers did last night against the the Falcons and just, you know, getting three quick touchdowns and then, you know, pulling and uh, getting your backup in there. And because of that, I think San Jose State, they have a somewhat formidable secondary. I do have questions about USC secondary. They lost a lot of their secondary to the NFL draft uh, this offseason. So maybe USC can score and 31 is a lot of points. So I'm going to put uh plus 31 here for san jose state as my play i could totally see caleb williams staying in if it's somewhat close but i think they will most likely pull him and that's kind of what i'm banking on yeah i mean that makes sense he it's only week zero so yeah all right let's go to the next game florida at utah this is probably one of the most intriguing games on the schedule because this one is a game that can actually be close here uh we have cameron rising taking on Florida at Utah. Um, This is a game I'm really excited for. Utah comes in as a number 14th ranked uh, team in college football. And yeah, I mean, this is a Florida team. They are really missing, obviously, Anthony Richardson. They're probably, I don't even know who they have uh, starting as their quarterback this year. Um, Off the top of my head, it's probably between Max Brown, Parker, Leslie, Micah, Leon, and Graham Mertz or Jack Miller the third. I think uh, the guy, Kitna, who was supposedly the backup, obviously got arrested and then yeah. let off. Um, that's kind of a sad situation for him. Um, but yeah, nonetheless, Florida comes in. They're kind of, they're trying to fight back after a really tough season last season. They're trying to make something of themselves. Um, they have some interesting guys, obviously Trevor Etienne, uh, the running back is, an interesting story in Montreal Johnson Jr. But to me, I think I think Utah, first off, being in Utah in general with the humidity and the altitude and everything, um, obviously it's not as humid as Florida, but more the altitude situation. I think Utah is going to be able to play off that. They're running back a lot of the same team as last year. Utah is um, with their same QB that led them to beat uh, Caleb Williams. So I do think that 
Utah can get it done here in Florida. So my play for this game is Utah money line. Um, I think this is an interesting play, and I hope Utah gets it done. Obviously, being a Tennessee fan, you never want to see Florida get the win here. What is your thought process on this game? Yeah, I I like Utah because I think Cam Rising is really good player, and I know we saw him be a really good player last year in that USC game. But I don't know something about the Gators. I I, I kind of like uh, Florida plus five and a half. I know um, they have what's his name, Trevor Etienne, Travis's yeah. little brother. Yep, he's a really special player. I know obviously his brother is you know doing great in the NFL now. But I I think I like Florida plus five and a half here. I mean I think this game is a lot closer than it then it will be a lot closer than it looks. I know you see a 14 going up against an unranked team with the 14 team at home, but I feel like minus five and a half is a trap. And I like the Gators in this one. Yeah. Understandable. Um, Yeah. As you mentioned, you see a ranked, if you're kind of a square better, you see a ranked going in against an unranked, you're probably going to take the ranked, but it could very easily be week five or week, any, any later week. And both these teams could be, either out or Florida could be a top 10 ranked team or in Utah not be ranked. It, it's there's a high uh, variability between these two teams because obviously it's only week zero. So these rankings really don't matter. Um, but yeah, I think that is a good play there. I, this one is really more of a pick them than they let on. So this is by far the best play, the best game of the week um, in college football. There are a lot of games to be played. Uh, just talking about FBS in general, you have um, you have UTEP versus Jacksonville State, UMass versus New Mexico State, Ohio, San Diego State, Hawaii versus Vanderbilt. That's always a fun game to bet. Um, and then FIU versus Louisiana Tech. Thursday, you got Elon, Wake Forest, Kent State, UCF, Rhode Island, Georgia State. Uh, NC State, UConn is another fun game to watch. Uh, Nebraska, Minnesota, that's going to be a, a fun unders game. And uh, South Dakota, Missouri. But yeah, I mean, the real the real stuff starts on Saturday um, and let's transition now to my Tennessee Volunteers number 12 coming in to take on Virginia. I think they're going to beat Virginia at home opening up the season. And I wanted to talk about um, their season as a whole. I mean, this season, they really are going to try and fight for a national championship. I do think it's more open than it's been in the past uh, with Georgia losing their starting QB in Stetson Bennett to the draft um georgia's still really awesome they're still the team to beat and with college football playoff i think it gets a lot more open now um tennessee they're gonna play virginia at or versus virginia versus austin pa i have both of those being wins then they're at florida in the swamp i am picking tennessee to win that game they're gonna play utsa uh at home i'm i think they're gonna beat utsa uh south carolina and texas a and texas a&m both at neyland these are the two um, games that I think can go either or. So I'm going to have them split one. I don't know which one, so I'm just going to put one in there um, as a loss. I don't know which one it would be, but I I think one of those will end up being a loss. I have them losing at Bama. I have them beating Kentucky and at Kentucky and uh, beating UConn at UConn as well as Mizzou. And then I have them losing to Georgia again and then beating Vandy in Vandy. Um, have I have Tennessee finishing nine and three with a hopeful 10 and two um, it's all on Joe Milton coming back, obviously taking over for Hendon hooker. Um, Joe Milton was ranked the number one, most important college football player this year by ESPN coming into it. And I agree with that. He is extremely dynamic. 
he kind of reminds me almost of Anthony Richardson, where you he's got that high rushing ability. You have questions about his accuracy and the deep ball and all that type of shit, but he has shown flashes. Um, I really like this offensive room. Obviously, when Josh Heupel came in um, and completely changed this program around uh, last year from the awful direction that Jeremy Pruitt was taking it in, um, he made it offensive heavy football i really hope that they kind of upgrade the defense they have a lot of good transfers and um you know good young recruits coming in they have this guy jack i forget his last name but he's been a recruit um he finally will be on campus this year they also have nico coming in i hope nico sees some playing time in some of these uh blowouts um other guys they got the brew mccoy transfer i believe from usc last season he's poised to have a breakout season um and i've heard a lot about squirrel white uh, just being better and, you know, really taking over. He was supposed to be really good last season. Obviously, he kind of was in Jalen Hyatt's shadow. But this year, he's expected to have kind of a breakout season, and I hope to see that from him um, coming out. So, yeah, I'm really excited for this Tennessee season. I could see it being, um, you know, one of the seasons where they kind of go back a little bit. Uh, obviously, they overachieved last season, but I do hope that they make it to at least 9-3 and three and push for a bowl game and maybe even – push in the college football playoff for national title. So um, how do you feel about that analysis? And then give me your analysis on uh, Cincinnati. Yeah, I like that. And I love Joe Milton. I think he's, you know, poised for a big season. He has an insanely strong arm. And I think him and Squirrel White could be a great duo this year. I know playing in the SEC is tough and the competition will surely be extremely hard for them. But I think nine and three is a really good spot for them to be at, maybe even 10 and two. Um, but it's going to be a good season for Tennessee. Yeah. So, and a oh, real quick, sorry. There is a possibility too, where between the Bama, Texas A&M and South Carolina team, there is an opportunity where they, they could be Bama. Um, Bama has, I know every single year as a Tennessee fan, you go in saying, Oh, you know, they could beat Bama. This is the year where Bama, I know last year they had their flaws this year. The, the quotes I've heard from Saban coming out about his quarterback room, uh, if I'm a Bama fan, I'm not feeling too happy about that. I do think that there is some holes finally in this system. Obviously, Georgia is the team to be in the nation and in the SEC, and that's the team I'm most scared of. But you have to watch with NIL. These teams are going to even out more. I think that Tennessee could have Bama's number possibly. Um, but yeah, I'm just excited for their season. But go ahead with your Cincinnati take. So yeah, Cincinnati, um, obviously, you know, a lot of their the move to the Big 12 this year makes the schedule look a lot different. Mm-hmm. Um, they start off their season with Eastern Kentucky. Um, I don't see that being a big problem for them. Um, they play Pitt next. That could go either way. I like Cincinnati in that one. Miami, Ohio, that should be easy. Oklahoma next. Oklahoma will be very tough. Um, that could definitely be a loss. In fact, I'll just give them a loss for that right now. Um, BYU will be a good one. I honestly don't know who I would pick in that one. Um, who's next? Oh, then they're on by. Yeah, BYU, it honestly depends like where they're playing too. Cause if they're playing in Utah, that always fucks teams up. Oh, it's such a hard place to play. Iowa State next. Um, I like Cincinnati in that. That'll be a good game though. Mm. Baylor, probably a loss. Okay, State is probably a loss. I see. I don't love like their schedule is a lot harder this year, and it yeah. feels like their team is getting a little worse. Houston and then West Virginia, 
in Kansas. So I I want to see eight and four, maybe nine and mm-hmm. three at the best. I know this schedule is a lot harder than it was last year, and I don't think the team got much better. Obviously, we've been a couple of years removed from you know having Sauce Gardner and Kobe Bryant, and you know that really great defense that they had, and Desmond Ritter, and all that that whole team that went to the college football playoff, but. I know they got their quarterback um, transfer from Florida, Emory Jones, who has been, you know, really good in the preseason, I've heard. And I know they have their best player on defense, Deshaun Pace, linebacker, is returning for his senior season, which is big because he's definitely their best player and definitely be a big pick in next year's NFL draft. But I don't love what they did. All their receivers went to the league, Trey Scott or Trey Tucker and – um, Tyler Scott are both in the NFL right now and are gone. So I don't have high expectations, especially with the schedule getting harder. I, I love for them to go nine and three. My realistic expectation is eight and four, or maybe, you know, ceiling 10 and two, but I doubt it. But we'll see what would happen. This the schedule is going to be fun to watch. And Scott Satterfield has a big job on his hands because this is a team that has high expectations and is hungry after going to the the playoffs two years ago and, you know, bad loss to Bama, but, you know, who no one thought we'd be there in the first place. So I want to say eight and four is my official prediction, realistically. Yeah. Um. So how do you like that move to the Big 12? Do you think that is? I love it. I, from a fan standpoint, I think it's awesome because, you know, they play a harder schedule, which is, my opinion, more fun to watch, even if they're losing more games. I know, you know, watching all the games, them winning by 40 or 50 every every week was like, obviously it's fun to win, but it's not very entertaining at the end of the day. So, I mean, it's more bigger names come to our team. You know, we got Emory Jones from Florida and, you know, more money obviously spreading around, but I really like the move. I think it's, it's good for the school. It's good for the culture. It's good for the players. You know, I think everyone kind of wins from it and a tougher schedule only means a bigger challenge and you know i think this team is up for it yeah um yeah i i'm i'm excited for our teams right now uh college football playoff has really opened everything up i mean i hated the college football um like i hated tcu's that that game against tcu where they just got blown out um i thought that put a bad name on what the college football playoff is and that's what's going to happen because football playoffs are the way that they are it's just one game if one team is better than another team in one game, you know, the season's over and you're going to get a shitty year, but I think it's going to even itself out with NIL. I think NIL, um, I don't know. College football is in a really weird, in a really weird spot. College football sports in general are in a really weird spot, but I do think NIL um, for smaller programs is really important because it evens out the talent distribution a little bit. They can at least get, you know, one big star with all their money, or they can get a bunch of medium stars, whatever it is. I just want it to be even. I want to have a lot of, you know, I want there to be, um, you know, different teams in the mix. And I think Cincinnati and Tennessee are both teams that are on the cusp of doing something great. Um, how do you feel about the future of your program? Are you, do you like the AD? Do you like the coach? Um, how are you feeling? about Yeah. That? I mean, I, I love, I like Scott Satterfield. Um, He's obviously, I think, a downgrade from Luke Fickle. I know he went off to Wisconsin, but I think he can take take the program where he, where it needs to go. I know it's kind of growing and it's getting there and it's getting there and it's getting there, but I'd really like to see them get to that next hump. I'm not sure he can take us there, but 
I, he hasn't really had a chance to yet. So we'll see how it goes. Um, I loved fickle. I know he left for Wisconsin and he got a lot of money there and I can't blame him at all, but I think that this team and this program can, you know, get to that next level. You know how they said they're kind of on the cusp, just like Tennessee, they can get to that next level with the right coaching and the right recruiting. And, you know, that move to the big 12 will only help. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I like Cincinnati a lot um, where you guys are heading. And I love that you guys made a splash. Um, obviously that season with sauce and all of them, um, that was just a lot of fun. And it was a lot of fun to shake up college football like that. Um, I forgot to mention shout out to uh, Aaron Beasley, the middle linebacker for Tennessee, as well as um, Tyler Barron, the defensive end. Uh, those guys are absolute killers. And I think they're going to be really important for us here at Tennessee, but yeah, a um, lot of college football left to be played. Obviously, nothing has been played yet. And, man, I can't fucking wait. This is the best time of the year right here. College football, NFL, um, it's a lot of fun. You're going to get all your uh, gambling and college football stuff from here at the couch. Uh, me, Zwick, and Butsy will be on every week to cover our gambling plays for NFL and college football. And then we're also going to have... I mean, weekly power rankings from Zwick. We're going to have QB tiers from Jordan. We're going to have hard knocks reviews. We're going to have game reviews. Um, we're going to have a whole bunch of stuff as the season gets ramped up. So stay tuned. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back very soon with a recap of how we did with our betting, as well as, you know, another NFL mega segment and some more college football recaps. So thank you all for listening and peace. Peace.